Okay, I want to I want to hand over to to Gareth, um, a man who no longer needs an introduction. Uh, he's a he's a powerful preacher, um, and I'm excited just to just to hear what's on his heart this morning. Um, I believe he has a, a very powerful message, and we're going to be uh, challenged and and inspired this morning. So, yeah, let's welcome Gareth. Um, good morning. I just want to say good morning to the guys at uh, Port Elizabeth. Um, I believe we're going out live to them. Um, it's taken 50 years for me to become a tele-evangelist. Um, it's amazing. So this is my debut, and uh, I should be on the cards pretty soon thereafter. Um, I'm, I'm quite nervous about today, I must be very honest. Um, I've prepared a sermon, I think, just for myself. Um, it's, it's been a long journey um, it's been a hard journey, and the sermon that I'm about to prepare or give to you is one that, that has really, really made and rocked my whole understanding of who I am in God. Um, it might not do the same for you because you're not in the same places where I am, um, but for me, it's been a very, very difficult and trying time to, to really ascertain and to, to come to the conclusion that maybe my walk with God is not completely where it should be. Um, maybe it's looked good, and maybe I thought it was good, and maybe it was just perfect for the time. But I believe that God has just launched me into a season of, of rediscovery. And um, I had a situation at work over the last three months, and this is where it's really all stemmed from. And there was a position that was going open at, at the school, and... Um, one of the guys spoke to me about it. It was an academic position. I don't want to go into all the details. They say you don't go into details to protect the innocent, so I'm not going to sort of give all the, the its and bits and that. But basically, this guy was speaking to me about this position at school. I was listening to him. I was encouraging him. Um, I never said to him that I didn't think that he would ever be not good enough for the job. Um, and then the headmaster called me in and asked me to to speak to somebody about taking over this position. So I said, no problem, I, I would. So I went and I spoke to the, this person, found out if he would be interested in taking over this job, um, went back to the headmaster, told him what this guy had said, whatever the situation was, and then all hell broke loose. This guy accused me that had been speaking to me, accused me of betraying him, and accused me of being false, and accused me of lying and and I sat there and I thought, wow, where does this all come from? And the more I tried to explain to him my motives and that I wasn't going against him, I was just doing what, what the headmaster had asked me to do, the more he brought out his diary and spoke about chronological events. And, and I just said to him, I said, bud, I said, at this point, I want to take my heart out. I want to put it on the table. And I want you to have a look at my motives. And he said to me that he was writing me off. He didn't want anything to do with me. He was distancing himself from a 10-year friendship and was a very, very, very hard um, time to be involved in God and whatever the situation was. And it made me realize that I am judged not by what people can see. I am judged by what is inside of me. I am judged by the very essence and the very core of who I am. To, to put it in, a, in, a, in a, a nutshell, and I'm going to give you an, an analogy and then you can walk away from this. 
But I'm going to expound it because I really want to show you what God is. But we've got two little babies at home. And they have this desire to just take every piece of fruit in the house, to destroy it, to eat it, to drop it, to throw it on the floor. Um, and, and when you go to our fruit bowl, it's not a lack of place to be. It's, it's, it's quite a scary place to look at because Ava has taken every apple, chewed into it, put it back in there. The fruit flies have arrived. And, and the one day I said to, uh, to, 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 to uh, Annie, I said, Annie, please. Why are you allowing the baby? She says, it's the only way to keep them quiet during the day. And I appreciate that. Being one woman, two babies through the day, you know, I just give them the apples. And I went into the fridge the other day, and I said to Jules, I said, geez, Jules, I really need a good apple here. And I pulled out this apple, and it was, it was perfect. It was the only perfect apple in the house. And I cut into it. Well, in fact, I actually bit into it. And what was on the inside of this apple wasn't perfect. I had half a worm in my mouth, half a worm in the... And then I realized that maybe I should have just taken one of Ava's half-eaten apples, peeled it, and I would have had a, a good apple. You see, what appears to be good on the outside might not necessarily be good on the inside. And you know what? We can sit here in church, and people can come into this church, and they can say, these have got to be perfect people. But only you will know. Only you will know whether the inside, whether the flesh, whether the fruit of who you are is what we want to lay on the altar before God. This has been my challenge. This has been my challenge. 1 Peter 1, if I may, and I must just say, I'm sorry, I, I know they like having these things on the back, but I get muddled up in my sermon and then I, I, I get nervous because I'm not at the right place at the right time. So to save you and to save me embarrassment, um, we're not going there. I'm just going to muddle around what's on the piece of paper, okay? Um, but 1 Peter 1 verse 13 says, Therefore, gird up your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, listen to this, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts. Do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. So we've been saved by grace. We've been called saints of God. And Peter's saying to us, do not be conformed by your former lusts. So even though we were pornographers, and even though we were adulterers, and even though we were fornicators, and even though we were thieves, and even though we were gossipers, and even though we were this, that, and the other, we are being taught not to be conformed to those former lusts. You see, because we hear... And because we are saved and because we know about the grace of God, let me say one thing. Peter is saying to us, they are still lurking in our beings. They are still lurking in our lives. And we are told to gird up our minds, to be set free from these former lusts, to change what is inside of us, that we might become completely and utterly devoted to God in all that we are. Am I there right now? Not a chance. He says, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Wow. Is this the God who created the universe? Is this the God who put the seas into place? 
Is this the God when you go into the mountains, you see the majestic nature of his creation? Is he saying to me, be holy, for I am holy? So what is the definition of holiness? Holiness is about being different. Holiness is about being completely separated from the the ways of the world. And God is saying to me, be holy. I want you to be that person. He's not talking to us as a church here today. He's saying, Gareth, I want you. I want you to look at your life. I want you to be holy, for I am holy. It's not shofar. And he's not saying, JP, where you can sit in the back there and say, he's talking to JP, yeah? These are the Oaks. These Oaks purple shirts, horrible Arsenal shirts. These are the guys. They're the elders. They've got to be perfect. They're talking to Andre and Sonica. So I'm going, just, I'm going to just sit in my pew here and tell everybody that I go to this great church. But he's not saying that. He's saying, I want you to be holy, for I am holy. I've been rocked. My life has been shattered. My relationship with God has been destroyed. It's been broken open in these last couple of weeks. Why? Because I was a fleshy, good, outside person. And even then, for some people, I'm not that, so I'm in trouble. But it doesn't matter what people think of me. It doesn't matter what people see of me. What matters is what God is inside of me. What God is seeing inside of my heart. What God is seeing inside of my soul. That's what matters. You see, Judaism took the holy law. They took all of these things and they made it of themselves. So they're the ones that came up with all these ritual laws. They're the ones that came up with, you may not work on the Sabbath. They're the ones, because you know what, it's lacquer. It's lacquer to be able to stand on the street corner and to tell people, oh, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. God's saying, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in what's inside of you. And so when Jesus pops along, he says in Matthew chapter 15, if you want to do anything for homework, this is the chapter to go and read. Wow, a whole chapter on Jesus saying that the scribes and the Pharisees' holiness is useless. He spends a whole chapter telling the scribes and Pharisees, your holiness and your righteousness is unfounded. It's not good. And we need to surpass that holiness. We need to surpass that righteousness. We need to become holy from within, not from without. So the definition of holiness is being completely separated for God. Matthew chapter 5 verse 20, just to summarize, says, For I say to you, that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Wow, this, can I say something? Can I say something to you? Holiness, holiness is the very word that ended up on Calvary. It was because Jesus challenged their holiness. They called him a hypocrite. They called him a bigot. They told him that he wanted to be like God. Why? Because he challenged their inner core. So when Jesus on the cross comes to me and challenges my inner core, what do I want to do to him? I want to say, stay away. I go to church, I read the Bible, I fast, I pray, I preach, I sing, I do good deeds, I do good acts. But there are certain things that I don't do. 
And now all of a sudden, I'm laid bare before the altar of God. There are two different things that we need to understand. That there are two different laws. Do you know that in Exodus chapter, I think it's 5, Exodus chapter 20, the the Ten Commandments? Exodus 5, anybody? Anybody? You see, I'm not the only one that doesn't know. Exodus chapter 5. In Exodus chapter 5, God lays down these Ten Commandments. But you know that not once... Does he say in that, be holy for I am holy? Huh? Where does he say that? He goes to Leviticus chapter 2 to 20, chapter 12 to 20. Go and read it in your own time. Leviticus 12 to 20. He talks about pork and beef being unclean. He talks about women being unclean for double the time when they have a girl than when they have a boy. And he goes through all of these laws. Now, you know what? We can't define those. We can't, we can't come up with a, why does he say that? But it's not for us to be, say that. Ceremonial law deals with what's within. And sometimes it doesn't have an answer. Sometimes it doesn't have a reason. Yes, I can do the do's, do's and don'ts. Thou shalt not commit murder. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt. But you know what? There are countries, there are people in the world that obey that law anyway. They're not Christians. So the Ten Commandments doesn't make us holy, I'm sorry to say. What makes us holy is when we cleanse from within. And I'm going to get to that now. It's called the ceremonial law. And Jesus says that these are the things that God is after. It gets hard. It's getting hard for me because all of a sudden I'm struggling. I'm not different from the world. I still use bad language. I still get angry. I still harbor resentment. I still harbor anger towards my parents. But I do come to church. And I do preach. And I do tithe. And I'm going to do the 21 day fast. And I'm coming to the 365 shofar thingy on Wednesday. Even though I could be playing frisbee. So I'm doing all the outward things. But there's stuff inside that you don't know. Am I ceremonially clean before the presence of God? No. No. And I'm not, I'm not preaching a sermon here to judge. No, please. I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm, I'm merely just taking what God is saying to me and saying, Gareth, I want you to be better. I want you to be completely devoted unto me. Because that's in essence why we are Christians. I want you to become a soldier in my army. A knight surrounded by my grace. You see, God wants us to be different, completely different. He wants us to not be conformed to the people around us. And it's lacquer, you know. The world actually determines who we are as people. You go into one environment, I have a beer, 
I'm not saying drinking's wrong. But does it make us ceremonially clean before God? Ah, let me just read this rude joke. Ah, the boys have passed it on. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that the world creeps into our lives subtly? And it actually starts building walls and barriers between the ceremonial law of what God judges us on and the moral law. Ah, this is not murdering anybody. Ah, it's not stealing. Ah, I keep the Sabbath. But it's those little things that begin to plant in our lives. Then the seed begins to grow. And eventually I have this forest in my life. That I'm trying to prune all the time so people don't see the leaves coming out my eyes and my nostrils. You know how hard I have to work to look good to you guys. I have to preach just to show you that I am a Christian. I have to give up frisbee to come to some function. It's hard. And the tree just comes out and says, play frisbee. Nope going to church you see friends the world has a foothold in our lives and it's had a foothold in my life for so long that I didn't see it until this incident with this mate the other day I go to Vincent Park shopping and this is this is this this is the funny part I'm working through my sermon got it all controlled i go to vincent park the other day i take my one baby out the car now i'm pulling to the mothers and tots because it's me and the two babies alone now you see mom's not there so i pull into the mothers and tots the, the, the oak takes down the, the the chain i'm feeling important closest parking to the front door go around there get my one baby out you always take the lighter one out first because you've got to hold her for longer so I got over there, go around to the other side, and this oak just pulls into the, the parking bay next to me. So I thought, oh, I'll just be a Christian and wait for him to get out of the car. So I waited. Next minute he gets out. He says, what are you looking at? I said, nothing. Just waiting for you to go. What are you looking at? I'm not looking at anything, bud. I'm waiting for you to move. You shouldn't be here. You haven't got a kid. What about all the mothers? That... And there was a mother trying to get out the car. I said, look at her. She has to park there because you're parking here. Yes, and this I just led rip. <sighs> just nailed me, nailed me. Told me I was white trash. and the... <clears throat> My blood's boiling. And I'm holding two babies. <clears throat> Next minute, the oak hits me on my chest. And he hits the, the one baby. And I want to put my babies down. I'm ready to, I'm ready to fly in. I'm walking through Vincent, and this oak's just, hi, 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 you're a visitor to this country, and let's get out. <sighs> Eventually, I look for some people, and I give my babies to them. I said, yeah, yeah just, I'm, I'm going to take this oak out. <laughs> and then I go back home, and I read my sermon about holiness. I think, what are we trying to say? I have allowed the world to infiltrate me so much. But then in Matthew's gospel, it says, do not get angry without cause. <laughs> and I've circled that. You can get angry with cause. It's in the Bible. Do not get angry without cause. <laughs> Great cause I've got. 
the essence of who we are is about giving our lives completely and utterly back to God. You see, God makes rules for us that we may not understand. We may not know why He doesn't want us to do certain things. They may not be according to our preferences. They may not be according to our desires. They may not be according to our dreams and desires. But the Spirit of God enables us to deny them when we allow the Spirit to live inside of us. There are things that will be offered to you, things that you can partake of, things that you can do, that you know, you know it's hindering your relationship with God. And yet, we don't want to be the little nerd that says no to this and no to that. And and so we just continue allowing the world to determine who we become. You see, holiness is defined in respect of my parents. Holiness is defined in the generosity that I portray to the poor. Holiness is defined by honesty. These are all in Leviticus. These are all the ceremonial laws. These are all the things that Jesus said he loved. Generosity. Honesty. Justice. Do we seek justice? Love for one's neighbor. This is what God says makes people holy. Not the Ten Commandments. Not whether you keep the Sabbath. Not whether you don't have graven images. These things, love justice, love honesty, love the poor. Do we do that? Do we love those things? When last did you just make a meal for somebody poor and take it and give it to them and bless them? When last did I? Let me just... Rephrase the question. When last did I just make a meal, pray over it, bless it, and give it to somebody poor? When last did I do that? Yonks ago. Ages ago. Why? Because I'm too important for poor people. Listen to this. Micah, chapter 6. Listen to what he says in verse 6. He says, With what shall I come to the Lord? And bow myself before the God on high. Shall I come to him with burnt offerings? With yearling calves? Does the Lord take delight in thousands of rams? In ten thousands of of rivers of oil? Shall I present my firstborn for my rebellious acts? The fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man. What is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, but to love kindness, but to walk humbly with your God? So the moment I'm starting to realize that the law according to which God is after is on the inside of me. So now I've made a pact. I'm going to respect this guy at school. He doesn't want to talk to me. He doesn't want to have coffee with me. And that's perfect. I'm happy. I'm not going to make him greet me. I'm not going to make him sit down around the table with me. But every time I see him, I'm going to under my breath say, God bless you. And it's been hard. I walk down the corridor. He walks past me. Lord, bless that man. Bless his wife. Bless his family. And I walk on. And I'm telling you now, chaps. 
I sound like I'm in a math class now. I'm telling you now, ladies and gentlemen. I have been liberated. Liberated. Because I'm now starting to pray for my enemies. Because that's what the scriptures say. Pray for your enemies. Heap coals on their heads. And it's lovely to know that when I walk past this guy and he's filled with anger, I'm able to release that and say, bless you, brother. Bless your family, bless your boys, bless your wife. And in the same situation, in every aspect of our lives, we have to ask whether we are conforming to the way the world wants us to react or to the way that Jesus is calling us to love these things. You see, Jesus gets to the earth and he pulls out a whole sermon. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, 2, 7. For any of you that haven't read the Sermon on the Mount, I'm sure you have. But in there, he takes these laws one by one, and he just dismantles them. He says, it is said, thou shalt not commit murder. And rightly so, he says. But I'm telling you, that when you say negative things about somebody, when you become angry with somebody, you have committed murder. Wow. So do you understand that God is not judging us according to the physical act of taking a hammer and, 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 and killing somebody. He's now saying, you take a hammer and destroy their reputation in your heart, you have murdered them. Now all of a sudden it becomes difficult for me. I've got a long list of guys that I've got to work through here. I'm saying, God, where do I even find time to feed the babies? By the way, don't worry about the 12 o'clock to 5 o'clock stint. Julie and I will do that because we're always up with the babies. We'll, we'll pray for the church. But, but where? Where on earth do I get time to start working through everybody that's offended me? And I've said it before. I now need to go down and tell my mother that I forgive her. For all her drunkenness. For all her... her, her I have to tell her, I, I forgive you. I have to pray blessing over my mother. It's hard. But it is the law by which God judges us. I can't sit around people and justify why I hate my mother. It doesn't work anymore. You may say, Jeez, you've had a bad life. Yeah. You, you deserve, your mother deserves. To. I, I will get you to say that. If I had to share what my testimony and, and what my mother did, I will have you on my side like that. God doesn't care who's on my side. God's saying, what's my law? What sets you free? Oh, that's different. Because he ain't going to be there saying, yeah, 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 I hate your mother for the rest of your life. He's going to be saying, forgive 70 times 7. Holy moly. It's starting to get hard. It sounds hard. But let me say something to you. It's not. The reason why it's hard is because we never begin. Oh, sorry. Because I never began. You might be there. You might have gone down this journey. But I want to tell you something. I'm in a discovery now where I'm starting to say, Mom, I forgive you. I haven't got to a place where I can say, Mom, I love you. But I've started something special. Something new. Something fresh. This oak at school is the first oak I've ever prayed for. And I'm telling you right now. We will be the best of friends again. Because God's going to change his heart because I'm praying for it. 
Not because I've gone to him and tried to explain to him and this, that, and the other, and shouted at him and said, please, I'm just going to pray it. That's my desire. To be one with God. To be whole on the inside. Don't look at me on the outside, chaps. It's a scary sight. I want you to know what's going on inside. And that's what's going to make me clean. You see, in Matthew 15, he says, it is not food. And this is what Jesus was saying in that whole chapter of Matthew 15. He was talking about the, 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 the moral law and the ceremonial law, and it's, it's complicated. But in chapter 15, he gets to a place in 18 and 19. He says, it was not food that defiled a man, but that which is inside defiles him. In other words, it doesn't matter whether you're eating pork and beef. That doesn't make you unclean. What makes you unclean is what comes from within. And you know what? When you're angry inside, it comes out. When you're angry inside, it comes out. When you're lustful inside, it comes out. And you can hide it for a certain amount of time, friends. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to come out. Because Jesus said, what comes out makes you unclean. And we will judge. We will judge by the acts. But God judges by what's inside. And so today I want to challenge you. I really want to ask you from the bottom of my heart. Are you right with God? Going into this 21 day fast in a couple of weeks time. Are you ready to seriously put your heart on the line. And to say Jesus here I am. Remember that beautiful story of, of Abraham and Isaac going into the bush? They're going to go and find a, a ram. Just the two of them, father and son, conversations. Leave the mother behind home. It's like that with my daughters. I take them into the mud at home. Ava's happy. She's dirtying her clothes. The nappy's full of mud. And I just know we're in trouble. When Julie sees us, there's trouble. But it's that father-daughter relationship at that moment it's beautiful abraham and isaac and then god says put him on the altar sorry put him on the altar here he goes sorry i waited a hundred years for this oak you want to kill put him on the altar the question i want to ask you today are you prepared to do that to the things in your life that are causing a hindrance between you and God. And only you know these things. Only you know these things. I know what it's like. I sit in this church. Andre gives us an altar call. <sighs> I want to go. But then I always have the babies as an excuse. I know what it's like. But chaps, God wants to set us free. He wants us to walk according to a different beat. He wants us to be holy because he is holy. And what does it mean? It means being different. It means being separated. He wants us to be those people. He doesn't want us to be church followers. He doesn't want us to be church goers. He doesn't want us to just be people that sit on pews. He wants us to stand up, to rise up, and to become the eagles. Have you ever seen turkeys eat? Have you ever seen a group of turkeys? They gobble. <laughs> Yesterday I'm sleeping on the couch. Julie wakes me up in front of our house. There's an eagle, beautiful eagle, 
Not a kite. A beautiful eagle perched on our veranda roof. Beautiful. And I've always, I've always seen God as an eagle. Isaiah 43. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength and they will rise up on wings of eagles. And here this eagle lands and just sits there on my, on my porch and looks into the, the lounge. The two of us. I want to take a photo and I just know that if I move, this thing's gone. But for about a minute, this eagle and I looked at each other. It's no turkey, chaps. It's no turkey. That thing puts its wings out. It's just majestically through the bush, over the trees, and gone. Are you a turkey? Or are you an eagle? I'm serious. I know we all come up, oh, no, I'm an eagle, I come to church. I'm going to tell you, I'm a turkey right now. Today I preach as a turkey. But I'm on a journey. I don't know if turkeys can become eagles, but I'm going to. I'm serious. I have let my relationship with God become empty. And today, or the last two weeks, I have declared to God, it will not be like this for much longer. And that means that I've got to make a lot of changes. A lot of embarrassing things have to happen from me. I have to apologize to certain people. But it has to happen if I'm going to be ceremonially clean in the eyes of my God. And I don't care how embarrassing that is. All I know is I have a desire to be one with God.